Welcome to the Empire Files podcast. This is your host, Abby Martin. This is the audio of our show. You can watch the episodes on our YouTube channel or at theempirefiles.tv. All my family here are in danger. We are at risk of dying at any moment. In any time, I can expect a soldier coming towards me to shoot me and kill me, and this feeling affects us permanently. Recently, the struggle for Palestinian human rights gained international attention surrounding a new icon of resistance, 16-year-old Ahed Tamimi. On December 15, a video of Tamimi slapping an Israeli soldier outside of her home went viral. But what isn't seen on the video is that just moments before Israeli forces shot her 15-year-old cousin Mohammed point-blank in the face with a rubber bullet, causing severe internal bleeding. A few days later, Ahed was violently arrested in the middle of the night in a raid by dozens of soldiers. Ahed's 20-year-old cousin Noor, her aunt Manal, and Ahed's mother Nariman have since been arrested. Her mother Nariman has been charged with aggravated assault and incitement for uploading the video of her daughter on social media. And just days into 2018, the first Palestinian teen killed by Israeli forces in the West Bank was Ahed's other cousin, Musaab Tamimi. He was shot at close range by soldiers raiding their village. Ahed's arrest and imprisonment by the Israeli army has drawn ire from the international community and attention to the brutal military occupation, in particular its treatment of children, up to 700 of which are processed through Israeli military courts every year some as young as 12. Today, Ahed is in jail awaiting trial. Israel has slapped her with 12 different charges, including assaulting a soldier. Some of the charges are for incidents years ago, including stone throwing, a crime for which Israel recently increased the maximum penalty for to a 20-year prison sentence. While in the West Bank in late 2016, I visited the small village where the Tamimi family has lived for generations. We're here in Nabe Saleh, a village under occupation by Israeli forces. At the entrance to the village is a military outpost, and on their land is a large illegal settlement. Their main water source is a spring that's been appropriated for the settlers. This is one of four villages that have been holding protests every Friday for several years. But just this month, they've decided to stop in order to re-strategize. You can still see the remnants of that struggle. Everywhere you'll find used munitions, just like this one. Images of unarmed protesters being horribly abused, especially children, have made this place known as an epicenter of Israeli brutality and Palestinian resistance. I visited the Tamimi family at their home. As many children in Palestine, Ahed's wisdom shined clear beyond her years and showed why her voice is such a threat. Many children don't worry about much. They spend their time playing with their friends, but your childhood has been uh, littered with Israeli soldiers uh, harassing, brutalizing your friends, your family, your village. Can you talk about what that's been like? It certainly has a negative impact on us, but we are forced to adapt ourselves to this situation. We cannot get used to it, but we force ourselves to cope with it. Although I am not afraid of death, but I am always afraid of losing my family or my loved ones or my friends. All my family here is in danger. We are at risk of dying at any moment. 
And any time I can expect a soldier coming towards me to shoot me and kill me, and this feeling affects us permanently. We often play, but we get shocked when the soldiers enter the places of play and enter our homes. Therefore, they destroy all of our happiness. Children often go to school and find locked barricades, so they are forced to return to their homes. Sometimes children go to amusement parks, but all the fun is lost when they find the barricades are locked. We often come back from parties and find locked barricades, so that destroys all joy and happiness we had. This is very difficult. I hope that the world's children never live such difficult lives, and I hope we can get rid of this way of life as well. How do you deal with this psychologically as a child? Mom. We, as Palestinian children, have to adapt ourselves to such situations. This feeling cannot be explained or put into words. Those who do not live our suffering cannot understand it, and no one can translate it into words. What is your necklace? Where did you get these bullets from? These are the bullets which the soldiers shoot at us. We collect them after they leave the village. These came from my uncle who was martyred. My cousin gave them to me. We make beautiful things out of them, like jewelry. We create life from death. They come to kill us with it, but we convert it into things which we enjoy and benefit from. The mainstream coverage of her arrest has omitted the context of the ongoing tragedy plaguing her hometown. Nabi Saleh is a small Palestinian village with under 200 residents. It is completely surrounded by occupation forces, from dangerous checkpoints to permanent bases. In their village, Israeli soldiers are always watching, if not physically present. It is also governed by Israeli military law, which pretty much means occupation soldiers have the right to enter any home, close any street, and arrest or shoot any person, practices they employ with extreme frequency. In addition to the military, their village is flanked by huge, constantly expanding Israeli settlements, filled with its own militia of armed settlers. Under constant attack, the village spent years holding nonviolent marches every week, despite guaranteed violence from occupation soldiers. Ahid's father, Bassem, has been a principal organizer. American media constantly says that Palestinians should protest peacefully, which you've been doing for years. What has the response been from Israeli forces? The idea of the existence of Israel and the policy of Israel in the Israeli occupation army since the beginning of the Zionist movement does not recognize the existence of rights for the Palestinians on their land. Consequently, any practice from our side, Israel describes as violence. The Israeli reaction to Palestinian citizens is harsh because it does not want to see Palestinians present on Palestinian land. Therefore, it is the same reaction, whether Palestinians used armed resistance or nonviolent popular resistance, because Israel's policy is based on the false claim that Palestine was, quote, a land without a people for a people without a land. Therefore, all of Israel's policies are to expel Palestinians from their land, whether they resisted or whether they stayed at home, whether they did something or did not. American and Israeli media also call anyone who initiates any sort of self-defense terrorists. Your response? 
Israel has managed to distort the image of Palestinians and create a bad image for the world and the international community by linking the legitimate Palestinian struggle with terrorism. The definition of terrorism is a loose and rubbery definition. For example, real terrorism, like ISIS and Israel's ethnic cleansing, cannot be compared to the stone held by a Palestinian child in an attempt to restore his legitimate rights. The resistance to the occupier by all means is legitimate according to all international laws. And there are a couple of photos that went viral of your children being horribly abused by Israeli forces. Uh, can you talk about this and also how common is this treatment of young children especially? There is confusion and distortion regarding the participation of children in marches. The propaganda broadcast by Israel is that we are pushing our children to participate in marches because we do not like them or fear for them. This is a false accusation. It is illogical to push our children to participate while we know that the Israeli army does not differentiate between a small child and an adult. We know that the Israeli army does not know humanity and does not respect childhood. Therefore, no one can use his child to provoke the Israeli army. And I am sure that this is real slander. In fact, children participate in the marches because they are part of Palestinian society and live the same adult suffering. They suffer from cutting off of water. The Palestinian child gets water only 12 hours a week, same as adults. They suffer from gas bombs that they inhale just like adults. They suffer from imprisonment of their mother and father and other beloved people. They suffer from the confiscation of their land completely, just like adults. The Palestinian child lives in the same suffering as Palestinian adults. Second, there is no safe place to keep our children in. We tried once to put our children in a house to prevent them from going out to the marches. So the army threw tear gas bombs inside the house and we were forced to remove them to save their lives. The Israeli occupation invaded my house more than 150 times during the last five Five or six years. So there is fear inside my children from this occupier, who is present in their lives on a daily basis. They have psychological complications. The psychological impact can be even more damaging to them. Regardless of that trauma, Ahed's threat to occupation forces has clearly been that she shows no fear in the face of their violence. Because of this, Ahed is no stranger to public attention for her fearless defense of her family. In 2012, when she was only 11 years old, there was a viral video of her rescuing her mother from being arrested by soldiers. Three years later, another viral video showed that same courage, as she rescued her 12-year-old brother Wahid from being beaten and arrested by occupation forces. I spoke to both of them about that incident. I was with my friends, watching the protest from the mountain. The army came from behind us. My friends and I fled towards the valley. There were young men in the middle, trapped by the soldiers. Half of them fled, and I escaped as well. I saw my cousin arrested. I fled to the second mountain. I did not know the army was there. One of the soldiers attacked me, but I ran away from him. He managed to catch me when I climbed on a rock. He grabbed me and threw me on the ground and hit my face on a rock. And he choked me with his hand. The press arrived and my cousin's daughter screamed. 
and called out to the women. My sister, my mother, and aunt came down and started beating the soldier until they freed me and I could escape. My mother came to tell us that the person arrested is my brother. I could not bear to see the soldiers taking my brother, so I decided to do anything to free him. I went down from the mountain, climbed the opposite mountain where the soldiers were standing, and started screaming at them and said to them, This is a little boy. He didn't do anything. They laughed and laughed at me. I told them, you are laughing at us now, but you don't know that Palestine will be free and we will laugh as you leave. Israeli media has tried to dismiss Ahed's militancy as simply robotic training. But her mature worldview is better explained by how brutality from the occupation has been her entire life, ever since she was born. The Tamimi family has long been a target for their continued resistance and defiance in the face of sheer violence, torture, humiliation, and death. In addition to the recent murder of her cousin in the first week of 2018, when Ahad was only 11 years old, her cousin Rushdi Tamimi was killed by soldiers at a peaceful demonstration. And when she was only 10 years old, her cousin Mustafa Tamimi was killed at a protest when Israeli soldiers shot him in the head at point-blank range a clear war crime. Her mother was also seriously wounded by an Israeli bullet, and her father nearly died from being tortured. While many of her loved ones have been stolen by Israeli bullets, many others have been stolen by Israeli jails. Ahed is just the latest in the Tamimi family to be imprisoned. In fact, the Tamimi family was jailed by British colonial forces before Israel was even created. Ahed grew up with her father, Bassem, in and out of prison for the crime of organizing peaceful demonstrations. Basim, you yourself were arrested and tortured in Israeli prison. Uh, can you talk about your treatment in detail and what happened? I've been arrested in my life nine times since the beginning of the first intifada. Most of my arrests were administrative detentions. This detention, which has no legal status in any international law, is a copy of the British colonial experience in which it practiced its terrorism and its unjust laws against the Palestinian people. The most difficult arrest for me was in 1993, where I was arrested with a group including my sister and my cousin. In prison, I experienced violent torture during interrogation. I've had many experiences being tortured, but that experience was the most difficult. They used a message called solution. The solution is to prevent nutrition from reaching the brain by not letting you move your head so the interrogator can control the detainee and take confessions quickly. But this method is very serious and very dangerous. After hours of interrogation, I felt faint and fell into a coma and found myself paralyzed in a hospital. When a soldier brought me a newspaper, I discovered that I had been in a coma for 10 days and I did not know what happened. Yes, I was in a coma for 10 days and completely paralyzed. I'm a single son for my family. When my parents were notified that I was in a state of clinical death, they made a poster for me, a sign of death, to declare martyrdom, meaning that I was practically ready for the funeral processions. They released me out of prison right after they killed my sister. I mean, the same day, when I got home, my sister was martyred two days earlier. My sister went to court to see her son, but was assaulted by a court employee who hit her and pushed her to the ground. Then she pushed her off the stairs, causing her to fall on her head, and she lost her life. This was the most difficult experience of that arrest. Maybe the most difficult experience in my life. In your view, what is the viability of a two-state solution? I think it's, 
The two-state solution has been killed through settlement growth. Settlements have grown five times, multiplied five-fold, and the settler population has more than doubled since the Oslo Accords. The West Bank has been cut up through barriers, the wall, and control of all the natural resources in the West Bank. Thus, it is impossible to establish an independent Palestinian state on land occupied by Israel since 1967. Israel now controls 62% of the West Bank. Area C, where only 70,000 Palestinians remained, now there's 400,000 settlers, where Palestinians were displaced by the silent ethnic cleansing. For example, I own a house. The Israelis sent me a demolition notice for my house, meaning they could demolish it at any time. Two months ago, they demolished a house nearby, and there are 11 or 13 houses that are threatened with demolition in my village of Nabi Saleh. They can destroy it at any moment. I cannot build a house for my son or daughter. So my four children will be deported because of this decision, sent out of Palestine. This is a silent ethnic cleansing. The problem is that the two-state solution in Israeli society is a product of the left-wing Israeli parties. The Israeli left has lost. In fact, there is no Israeli left-wing. The Israeli left is over. And therefore, the two-state solution cannot be assessed with the Israeli right. In Israel, no one talks about a two-state solution. Therefore, as Palestinians, we must not remain in the same position. We have to search for a new fighting strategy that achieves our goals. As the Israeli government hopes to accelerate their colonial project under Trump, they seek to break the spirit of the youth-led resistance. But making an example of Ahed has backfired. Remaining proud and defiant, she's shown the world a face of heroism that Israel has long tried to bury. As well as the reality that's always ignored, the absurdity of a colonial state declaring any resistance a crime when it's against a military occupation that is itself illegal. My feeling is that I will remain steadfast in the confrontations. I will continue to demand the rights of Palestinian children. I will continue resisting the occupation until Palestine is liberated from the soldiers of Israel's occupation army. What do you want to see happen? What would make you happy and bring peace to you and your family? The Palestinian cause is not just for Palestinians, not even just for our Arabs. The Palestinian cause is a humanitarian cause. What makes me happy is to see the humanitarians of the world stand with us in solidarity to free our land. There is nothing else I wish for aside from this. Once Palestine is free, I can achieve all my dreams. Because of the occupation, everything is forbidden to me. Neither I nor anyone else can do what we dream and hope for. For example, I wish I could live by the sea. Can you get me to the sea? I am rejected by the Israelis for security reasons. Even though I am young, I am rejected and I can't go to the sea. If they saw me at a checkpoint, I would be shot. It's a humanitarian cause before it's a Palestinian or Arab cause. And once Palestine is free, I can achieve all my dreams on my own. All I wish is for Palestine to be free. Thank you for listening to our Empire Files podcast. Help keep us independent and ad-free at patreon.com slash empirefiles. And be sure to catch our newest episodes by subscribing to our YouTube channel.